What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. What's up? What's up? What's up? It is Dominique Bomonte. You're listening to episode 53 of Season with Salt. I hope that you had a really fantastic Thanksgiving. Mine was, I would say uneventful, but there were some events. And um, they were, however, however, online. Uh, and <laughs> not in person, which was very interesting. Um, got to spend some time uh, walking my grandma along with my cousins through joining Zoom, which was kind of funny and kind of cute, kind of stressful. Um, but... Uh, it was a really good day. I actually, like, cooked food. And um, sometimes I play like I don't know how to cook just because it's convenient. But I uh, I have a little history in the kitchen. And so I just kind of did what I knew how to do. And I was really pleased with um, what was the outcome. I will be honest, I did not plan what the cooking, uh, well, let me just say this. I did not plan, I planned the cooking, but I did not plan the cleaning. And so I'm always like finding a way to contribute on Thanksgiving. Um, in my family, like there's really no place for me when it comes to the cooking. And so, or the cleaning, really. And so, yeah, I just, I, I had to, like, go to sleep and then just wake up and just really do the cleaning the next day. So, anyway, I hope your uh, Thanksgiving was good and that you did something remarkable and something different and something that challenged you and something that made you uh, feel good. And, um, I feel like this Thanksgiving, like, really pushed me to, like, be intentional with the time that I had with myself. I'm a loner, so I'm really comfortable with being myself, being with myself, but I really enjoy the holiday season and being with my family, and so I really had to, like, protect myself and my mental health. Like, that was really important for me because um, I live in a state where I don't have as many family members, like, almost zero. Well, I shouldn't say that. I do have some family members in California, but not in Sacramento, and then none whom... I would be hanging out with amidst a pandemic. And so I had to like plan to have a fulfilling day and plan to be in touch with my loved ones to the best of my ability and really just try to protect my heart and my mind and not like go to a place where, um, you know, I just didn't want to be. There was one year where the last time that I decided to stay in Sacramento, 
uh, for Thanksgiving. I actually ended up like preaching the Thanksgiving message at my church. And I remember like the like just the gratitude that I felt for having the opportunity to preach that service. But then I remember the loneliness and like the, the way that I felt afterwards when like I think I had plans and I went to somebody else's house, but it's just something about like being around your own family, like in and and like that's just not like you can be around other people's family and like witness how they experience each other. Um, but it's something about being around your own family. And so even though I was around people, I just didn't feel fulfilled. And I made the commitment that year, that was like three or four years ago, I am not, (laughs) there will be no Thanksgiving that I will be not with my family. And so having made that commitment and then boom, here comes 2020, it was very interesting. So I did what I could do and, you know, I'm grateful to be alive, you know what I mean? So I don't have any, like, complaints about why we are in the position that we're in because I'm thankful to God that I'm COVID-free, you know, and my family is healthy, and those that have been affected by COVID um, have recovered. So I'm thankful to God for that. And so in the words of that great song, I will not complain. I will not complain. Anyway, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a... I want to catch up with you. Like, let you know what I have been up to. I'm really, really excited about this holiday season, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. So, yeah, I'd love to know what you are up to this holiday season and what you are excited about and so hit me up and let me know what you want to talk about, what things are uh, exciting for you. Okay, so let me get to what I wanted to talk about today. I, um, so I was thinking about like the impact that 2020 has had on a lot of people and I will admit that 2020 has actually been a very eye-opening experience for me and has alerted me to things that I'm passionate about has reminded me um, to like really step up and step into the things that are important to me Um, and I'm really grateful for that experience, but I also, um, have experienced some great fatigue and a lot of times it's been because like when you recognize what your purpose is and what you are called to be and who you are called to be and you start walking in that, it can be very lonely, number one. Um, and it can be very tiring, right? When you are, um, saying yes, when you are, um, seizing opportunities and, and, and being aggressive, uh, when it comes to the pursuit of your dreams and trying to be consistent in the things that you start, um, it can be very difficult because not only are you dealing with, your own internal challenges, but you're also dealing with, like, the criticism of others, and, like, 
ambitious people know this all too well, right? Like, you, you, you coach yourself up to be ambitious and to follow through and to do all the things that you need to do and then you're criticized or you're attacked or people with less initiative and ambition are, you know, like, really critical of you, right? And so sometimes that can be very hard. And it's sometimes difficult to know what to do. And you can get, you can start off, like, really high and really enthusiastic and really excited and really called and fulfilled. And then, like, almost run into a brick wall because you... um you, you don't always anticipate the external factors associated with what it means to walk in purpose, what it means to be obedient to God's call for you to really execute and to do something. And so I kind of wanted to talk about that today because I think that one of the mistakes that people make is that we, well, I, I, I can speak for myself and just say that there were some struggles that I had to go through um, until I was willing to accept what God was calling me to do, right? And so when I got to the place where I was doing what God wanted me to do, then for some reason I just didn't expect to experience any turbulence anymore. I'm like, no, I'm at the... I'm at the, the, that frequency where everything should be easy. I'm doing what God told me to do. I'm walking in obedience. Like, none of this should be hard. Like, this should all be easy. Everything should be perfection. Like, everything should be smooth, right? And you get to that point where things start happening, and so you start questioning whether you are doing what you are supposed to do, right? Because you went and got the graduate degree, you apply for the job, like you, you did all the things that you needed to do, and then you ran into trouble or conflict or turbulence that you just didn't anticipate you would have to run into when you were being obedient and walking in passion. And I think that I wanted to address that because... If we're going to be walking in God's will, like, we almost have to plan for roadblocks and imperfection. And I, I, I was reading in the Bible about Elijah, and Elijah, like, was in this, like, really crazy war um, with um, his nemesis in the person of Jezebel. And Elijah had done everything that God told him to do. I mean, he had challenged and killed the prophets of Baal who were in conflict with God's will. I mean, he was a crusader, a warrior for Christ. He was doing everything that God wanted him to do. And when he got done, um, you know, doing what God had called him to do, there was Jezebel. And she was like, I'm going to kill you just like you killed the, the the those prophets of Baal. And I know, you know, like that sometimes I was thinking about how <laughs> in ministry sometimes like you 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 go outside of yourself 
to minister, right? You like you take on a new person. Like sometimes it's not even you. It's like an out of body experience, right? Where God is using you and you're just like the body. You're just the vessel. As soon as it is, as it is over, like your flesh kicks in and you start like second guessing yourself and wondering if you did the right thing if you were effective like how will people receive you like you start thinking about all this stuff because your flesh does not know how to coexist with the spirit right it it doesn't it 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 questions the authority of God on the inside of you because it wants you to be insecure about what you have been called to do because your flesh doesn't want your flesh would rather do the things that are most comfortable right because your flesh doesn't want to see the spirit of God manifested through you because that's too hard right that's not it's it's and so Elijah like as soon as he is done like executing God's plan like here comes Jezebel like I'm gonna kill you and and Elijah gets in this headspace where he's like man like God like and so the Bible says that he runs away like he just you know for a whole day just gets on foot and he just tries to get away from what he is experiencing like he's in his mind like he's running from Jezebel like he's running from so much of what the 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 pressures of his calling right the pressures of walking in passion because it's a pressuring way like and I think that that's the thing that people sometimes neglect to talk about when they're talking about like how excited they are and how um you know it, successful they are like we don't talk about the nights where we're like Elijah where we're just trying to run away from it all and it it seems like perfection to other people because all they see is the product right they don't see the suffering they don't see the studying they don't see the arguments they don't see the things that you can't see from the outside looking in and so it can just be crazy and you just feel like running from it all like i for me um i was just thinking about like there have been some seasons even in this season that we're in where like for me just getting in the car and driving away was some type of healing but every time that i would get in the car and drive away there were some things that I could not run from. I could not run from purpose, right? I could not run from God's calling on my life. And so this is, this is what God started to reveal to me through Elijah. So Elijah runs away and he's tired. He's exhausted, right? And, and I just want to say that being tired, being exhausted is not the sign of a quitter. It's not the sign of somebody that doesn't have what it takes in them to be successful. And we really have to challenge that narrative, right? Like, we have to challenge that narrative that only weak people get tired. Like, we have to challenge the narrative that 
um, the people who get tired are the people that weren't built for success. You will get tired. <laughs> you will get frustrated. You will have to run away. You will feel like you just want to run away from your problems. You will be overcome by what you see at times. Like the things, the, the problems as they mount up against you will become overwhelming. It's a part of the process, right? Like, and not everything will be will make sense to you and so Elijah runs away he just runs away right and he he gets to the place where he just tells God you know I just I just wish I could die like I this is so overwhelming it's so much I don't know why I have to be the person to experience this I don't know why you have chosen me to lead this and 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 let's be honest maybe some of the 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 feeling that you have or that I have had have, have not necessarily been feelings of suicide, but they have been feelings of like just wanting to separate ourselves completely from the people or the process or the thing or the task or the calling or the job or the title that, that we are associated with that brings us so much pain and, 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 and difficulty. And, and that's where Elijah was. He was just like, listen, like I, God, I've, I've been serving you. I've been doing exactly what you said. And I just don't understand how being obedient to you, like just seems to always equate to me having to deal with disobedient people. And also just with people wanting to take my life, they just want to kill me. And all I've done is done what you said. And the Bible says that, that I just, I just love this story because Elijah falls asleep and he just, just needed the rest. And I just, I just want to say that, 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 that God is not um, anti-rest, right? He's not like so um, into like seeing his purpose fulfilled in your life that he's going to drag you through and through and through without allowing you to experience his rest in the midst of your challenge, right? And so the Bible says that Elijah just falls asleep, right? And and, and an angel has to wake Elijah up and says and, and prepares him a meal. The Bible says that he, he prepares not just he doesn't just give him bread, but he creates a fire and and, and, and bakes the bread right in the presence of Elijah and feeds him and the Bible says that Elijah falls back to sleep. The thing I love about this is that, the, and, and I just want to touch on this because it seems like it seems like Elijah's problem is Jezebel, right? Like she wants to kill him. It seems like Elijah's problem are the things that he has named. But what God um, really does is God ignores the rant of Elijah, right? He ignores what Elijah is saying and just provides for Elijah. He knows what Elijah needs even beyond what Elijah thinks that he needs, right? He could have responded to Elijah's pity party. He could have said, you know what, you're right. Like, they, these people, they are a mess. Like, they do want to get rid of you. And woe is you and poor you. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through this and for my sake. And God could have really endeared Elijah. He could have really listened to him. But instead, he just says, you know what? You get some rest. 
and 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 here's a little food and eat that and then the bible says that he gives the the permission to elijah to fall back to sleep right get some more rest and he gets and 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 he, and he gets a little bit more rest and then the angel taps him on on the shoulder and says hey um elijah get a little bit more food because what you were getting ready to go into this is all in first kings 19 or somewhere um but what you're getting ready to go into is going to require you to be nourished. Notice that God never addresses, he never responds to the thing that that Elijah feels is the problem. He never responds to the idea that Elijah is being, you know, tormented by Jezebel because what God realizes about Elijah's situation is that Elijah's problem is really just Elijah. Elijah cannot tap into the fact that he is called for this. He cannot tap into the fact that if it's not him who does it, there's nobody else that can do it. And God ordains him and God strengthens him and God does not allow him to fall into this space where he decides to quit. And that's what God is saying is that you're going to have some difficult days where you're going to be complaining about the things and it's going to feel like people aren't listening to you. It's going to feel like God is not listening to you. It's going to feel like people are just ignoring your stress and your labor and the things that you have to endure, but it's not because God doesn't care about you because he's still providing for you. He's still nourishing you. He's still preparing you for what's to come, but he just wants you to know that there's more at stake than just you feeling like you are being attacked. And he, he intended to protect and to care and to provide for Elijah, even when Elijah just needed to take a nap, right? And so God protects Elijah and he 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 provides for him and he does not um, join his pity party he does not get involved in in, in in trying to validate his feelings or 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 anything he just says you know what here's something that you're gonna need for what's next and I think that that's the kind of God that we serve right he's not anti uh, self-care right he's not anti-rest he's not anti um, getting what you need in order to continue and he he loves us enough but he also is not going to love us to the point where he allows us to forsake what we have been called to do and so he does not leave um, he does not allow um, his servant Elijah to quit because he knows that what's in Elijah he's already ordained Elijah to do what Elijah is called to do and that doesn't matter it doesn't matter to God that Elijah is tired. It doesn't matter to God that Elijah is scared because he knows what he has put in Elijah to finish and to complete what he has called him to complete. It reminds me of this song that uh, Whitney wrote. Well, she didn't write it. Somebody else wrote it for her before she died called I Didn't Know My Own Strength. And Whitney just sang that song because I think what she had realized is that there were some things that she was called to um, that didn't necessarily seem fair, but she had to learn how to endure and to go through those things. And when she went through them, she was like, wait, I'm stronger than I think I am. I did not know that I was this strong. And I think Elisha had that, that, that realization. But it happened because God didn't allow for Elijah to concede to his own pity, right? 
he didn't allow him to concede to his own like need to be recognized and his own need to be validated because of the things that were happening around him. He didn't, God didn't allow Elijah to concede to his own fear, right? He said, you know what? Get yourself back together. Like get yourself together. And so Elijah like finally eats that, that last little piece of meat. And the Bible says that he goes on a 40 day journey and the 40 day journey is all powered by that little meal that God provided for him when he was under that juniper tree. And, 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 and God lets us know even through this small example that we have enough if we have him, right? Like he's not going to let you do his will. He's not going to let you walk in his will and his way and be malnourished. He's not going to let you work for him and then he do nothing for you, right? He's not going to let you struggle for his namesake and not take care of you. And so God really has to demonstrate his love to Elijah by number one, not allowing him to quit, allowing him to rest, but also providing him with the things that his body need in order, his body needed in order for him to continue on. And that's what God's doing for us all, right? Like we get tired and then he finds a way to give us rest. And then he tells us to get back into it. And so he tells Elijah, get up and get back into it. And Elijah travels for 40 days. And the Bible says he ends up somewhere else in the wilderness. And God starts asking him questions like, what is wrong with you? And then God begins to... Um, go beyond. He doesn't even, God asks him the questions about his status and his mental status and his physical status, but he listens to him and then he starts telling him what I want you to do next. I want you to go crown this king and I want you to go get this servant. I want you to get young Elisha, a, a servant that I'm going to send you and I want you to make him your successor. He begins to give him task and responsibility because God knows how strong he is, right? And so sometimes it's going to seem like you don't get a break. Sometimes it's going to seem like as soon as the break is over, then there is more work because you are called to do what you are called to do. And whatever it is, you don't have to know how strong you are when you are assigned with the task. You just have to trust that God is not going to take you to a place where he will not lead you and guide you and direct you. And so this whole time, here was Elijah thinking that Jezebel was his problem, right? Right? He, and his real problem was his inability to understand that God would not leave him nor forsake him as long as he was willing to walk in his promise. Listen, I believe in this season that God is not going to let us handle his business and he just ignore our business. I have been saying, just especially through this pandemic, that God is eager to care for us, right? God is so eager to to answer our call and to answer our prayer and to be there for us, especially when we prove ourselves to be faithful to him. And that's what he demonstrates through Elijah. Look, as long as you do what I tell you, as long as you go where I tell you to go, listen, I will take care 
of your problem. I will take care of the thing that you are afraid of. I will take care of the thing that you are struggling with. I will take care of your adversary. I will take care of adversarial beings that stand in your way. I will take care of the supervisor that doesn't like you. I will take care of the critic that doesn't understand your gift and your talent. I will take care of every roadblock in your way as long as you are willing to continue. Elijah uh, um, uh, the, the key to Elisha's success in ministry was not that he was strong or that he was rested or that he was brave or that he, it was that he was obedient. It was that he was willing to keep going when it didn't seem like he had inside of him what it took to keep going. And God is saying that when you decide, when you wake up in the morning, when you plant your feet feet on the floor and you get up out of the bed, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to make sense, but you still have to get dressed. If you wear makeup, you still got to put on makeup. You got to put on your best clothes. You got to get ready. And then you've got to trust that whatever you cannot do in your own might, whatever you cannot do in your own strength, you have to trust that God will help you. And that's what Elijah had to do. It wasn't in his own might. It wasn't in his own strength. It wasn't in his own wherewithal. It wasn't because he was big and bad and bold. It was just because he did not go alone. It was just because he decided that he was going to follow God and he trusted that God would come through for him. And this was just what he did. And God directed his step. And I just, I just, I just want to reiterate just how much God did not allow him to experience a pity party, didn't allow him to go, you know, to, 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 to be overcome by his own grief and his own fear and let him quit in the wilderness. He said, no, you're coming out of this wilderness because I have more for you to do. I have more for you to accomplish. I have more. For, I got I got a succession plan that I got to see happen through you. I got a victory over an enemy that I have to see happen through you. And I cannot accomplish what I intend to accomplish with you if you stay in the wilderness. And so listen, here's some food. Here's some bread here's some meat I'm gonna prepare it for you I'm gonna let you rest and then as soon as you wake up it's time to start again and I think that that's the main message that I think is important for I don't even know what I'm gonna call this podcast episode because I'm just so stirred up I might just call it start again because sometimes it seems like we are overwhelmed with what we are going through and we're just like nah I am finished it's just like we have a Nineveh experience where Jonah was like, listen, I'm not going to Nineveh because every time I go to Nineveh, God, they these people end up repenting and then God, you forgive them and then I look like the bad guy. And it's like every time, every time, I just keep getting in this cycle where they hate me and they learn to love you more and God is like, nah. <laughs> God is like, don't worry about the outcome. Sometimes we get so worried about the outcome. Sometimes we have a trajectory that we want to follow and we're like, no, if it don't happen this way, then it, it, it wasn't successful. And God is like, no, that's your way of doing it. That's not my way. Season with soul.